time to cinch up, pull your hat down, and ride with the Native Cowgirl Podcast. Here's your host, Cheyenne Wilson. Hello, and welcome to episode 12. I'm super excited to be here with you guys today, and honestly, I am not doing what I thought I would be doing today. I honestly thought that I would be launching out my first guest podcast Um, I actually have quite a few guests lined up, which I'm super excited about, and I had full intentions of launching that this week. Unfortunately, things happen, and sometimes you have to roll with the punches. Uh, We had a big storm roll in. It's below zero. Uh, My first guest is busy getting ready for a long trip, and so we decided that we would just take a little more time and visit when it's appropriate. So I am excited that you will be hearing from her next week and I have a whole lineup of great guests and as a side note if you know anybody um, in agriculture preferably women in agriculture because that's you know kind of my scope um, but I'm not opposed to you know having men in agriculture as well uh, so if you know of anybody please send them my way uh, you can email me at the native cowgirl at gmail.com and I would just uh, love any suggestions but I really just want to dive into this and I don't plan to talk as long as I did last week just to give you a little a little preemptive there you won't be hanging out with me for 35 minutes this week so uh, a while ago uh, well last episode I obviously shared with you the grief and loss that I had all of last year which of course the majority of that revolved around horses. Um, Horses are my life. That's really all I can say about it. Um, I've also lost some special people in my life too, but it was just all of that compounded on top of one another that made things really rough and hard to get through. But I did. And here I am back doing my podcast, which I should pat myself on the back, but I'm not going to do that because I should have had this planned and done and over with, and then I wouldn't be hurrying to tell you guys this story, but I'm really not hurrying. I've, I've wanted to tell this story for a while, and I, I'm i a storyteller. I'm a lover of stories. Um, I'm a huge book reader. I, I've, I've allowed myself to settle down enough to sit and read. For a good 10, 15 years of my life, I was so busy building businesses and raising our son and, you know, having multiple streams of income and different jobs and different things I was doing that I just never had enough time. And that's one of the things that I catch people saying a lot. And I used to say this a lot too, is like, you know what, I'm just so busy. I don't have time. And while that may be true for us, I think that's not true for us overall. And the reason is, is because we fill our time with different things. For instance, I'll just take myself for example, At night, after we get done eating, customary to do the dishes, clean up, do all that stuff, right? Well, some nights I don't feel like doing that. And I'm not saying that my guys don't help me and stuff, but the kitchen's kind of my domain. But there's times where I don't feel like doing that. I want to go watch something on TV, or now I want to read, or I want to do something. And I'm not too busy to do those things, but what I tend to do is I put my focus elsewhere, or I allow myself to indulge in other things, whereas I should probably get up and do the dishes. And that's just an example, you guys. There's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm living in filth. I'm not. (laughs) And for the first time, I have a dishwasher in like 17 years. So that's a huge, wonderful thing. Definitely never take that for granted. Um, But what I'm saying is that we a lot of times say we are so busy. But if we were to really sit and look at our time, we could probably find a lot of it. 
Um, I know that I used to waste a lot of time scrolling on social media and doing all of that. And while that's a great way to catch up with people and stay tuned with what's going on, it's also a huge waster of time. So I'm not saying that I time block or that I only allow myself on there once in a while. I'm not saying that, but I'm definitely more aware of my time than I used to be. And perhaps that is why I all of a sudden have found more time for reading. I'm not sitting there on a Netflix binge. I'm not saying I don't watch Netflix, but I'm just, when I really feel... Um, like I want to gain knowledge or if I really want to have my, you know, like when you watch a show and your feelings are just all up and it's like one heck of a good show. And I'll just say it for Lonesome Dove for one. Um, that is a show that you, your emotions get involved. But when you read, that happens a lot because not every show is like that. Like a lot of shows, movies, whatever, you're like, oh, I just don't feel Hmm. I just don't, I don't feel, you know, really, I don't feel a whole lot after watching that. So I guess what I was going to say mostly, and the reason I wanted to share reading with you is that I've been reading a lot. Um, I just got done reading a book on the Dust Bowl in the 30s down in the panhandle of Oklahoma, Texas, down in that area. And it was an amazing story of survival and redemption, I guess, if you want to call it. And I just, um, I look at all the modern conveniences we have today and gosh, I'm thankful for those things. But I'll tell you what, we really take a lot for granted. And I think we do it not even, we're not doing that by choice. Like we're not choosing to take it for granted. But I think when we don't educate ourselves and when we don't remember the past or we don't know about the past, we are destined to repeat it. Or maybe we don't gain the knowledge that perhaps our ancestors or those who came before us, you know, they went through it. So perhaps we can learn from them. So I absolutely love a story of redemption, and that's why I wanted to kind of add that in there. Anything that I can read about real life, um, actually right now I'm reading another book um, that is really about kind of the northeastern Montana, northeastern, um, or sorry, southeastern Montana, northeastern Wyoming, Black Hills area. It's it's really about um, back in the Native American times in the 1800s leading into you know, kind of the way the country changed and obviously going into the 1900s and all of that. But it's just so interesting to me how people survived back then with so little. And that is really what my story is about today. Um, It's about the will to survive and the will to um, rise to the top, if you will. And the story that I wanted to tell you guys is about a cult that we had slash have. Um, So I'll never forget this, and I don't. I don't know if you guys follow me on social media or not. But if you follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram at the Native Cowgirl. You can't miss me. I kind of try to keep my usernames all the same, so I'm easy to find. But I share a lot about our horses, and of course, last week was all about horses. So of course, it would just be suited that this week be all about horses. Oh, and all my guests kind of have something to do with horses too. So that that's going to be right on that theme. So marching on. Um, I spend a lot of time with our foals. So when they are born in May, June in that area, I tend to get out there and just be with them, like get them used to the human presence, spend time. Maybe I'm lucky enough for, you know, a couple of them to come up and sniff me and bond with me and want to be friends. And that is what I've experienced the last few years um, since we started our cult raising program in 2017, 2018. So 
what I wanted to share with you is there was this cult and she was just this beautiful bay. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't really, uh, yes, there are certain colors, I guess I should say that I'm attracted to, but I don't believe that there's a horse with a bad color. You know, I think a good horse is a good color. It doesn't matter, right? Well, I just bonded with this little girl and she was born in June. And so um, we were back and forth a lot. So living in South Dakota, we would only get up here so often. So we were up here in June, we were up here twice in July, and then we came back up August 1st. And something I should mention to you guys is that we have had a big problem with mountain lions in this area. Uh, we live in a very um, mountainous area. It's the foothills of the Beartooth Mountains where our horses are here in Montana. And mountain lions, there's bears, there's wolves, there's elk. I mean, they're not predators, of course, but just telling you kind of what the landscape is. And we have lost quite a few um, colts and even a mare to what we suspect is mountain lion activity. Um, I'm not going to go really down that trail. I, I could have probably 10 shows on that topic, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, when you own animals, uh, livestock, whatever, and you're dealing with predators, that is a whole nother situation. But what I wanted to tell you is August 1st, I came up here and immediately I go out with the Colts. So when we get here, it's usually mid-afternoon. It's an eight, nine hour trip and I'm exhausted, tired, just cramped up in the pickup. So I want to stretch my legs. And so I run right out to the fulling pasture where our mare herd is and the stud was out by then with the mares. And I come upon our Colts and I was taking pictures and doing all that. And this bay filly turned and I literally my, I just, I, I didn't scream, but I literally gasped out loud. I just was like, <gasps> I mean, and I, I don't remember what I said, but I, I just, I remember that moment as if it were yesterday. And what happened was when she moved to the left, she tilted her neck and right where her neck meets her shoulder, there's kind of that line that goes from you know, their main way up on top all the way down to their shoulder, there's that, I don't know how to describe it. There's a line. It's, you know, kind of like maybe where the neck is attached to the body, maybe if you want to say it that way. I'm not an anatomy person, but you get what I'm talking about. And basically from the top of her mane to the bottom of her shoulder was gashed open. And I don't mean a little gash. I mean, this thing was a good six to eight inches, maybe even more than that wide. And I literally was mortified. And I remember just, I had tears in my eyes. I was just freaked out. And so I come back to the house and I got Shane, my husband, and I just said, oh my gosh. And I hurried up and showed the pictures that I had taken. He's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what should we do? And basically, for those of you who don't know, um, I've had a long standing thing with this, but we run a lot of mares in big country and our mares, our older mares, especially, I don't want to say they're not wild. Okay. We don't have wild horses. They're not bucking horses, but we kind of run them like they're bucking horses. And what I mean by that is these mares are not handled. I'm not going to run. And now there are a few that will eat out of my hand. They will let me pet them. They will do, you know, whatever. But if I were to put a halter on them and drag them back to the house, I doubt there's probably four mares out there that would let me do that out of 30. So we were at an impasse. Like, what do we do? Because this is not where I'm going to go halter the mom, bring the baby in. Like that just isn't a possibility. And so we didn't know what to do. And so I come back to the house 
And uh, Shane's grandparents were still living then and they were here. And Shane's grandfather had raised a lot of horses, been around horses his whole life. And so he's 80 years old and we're telling him about this. Well, he was in his mid eighties by then, but um, telling him about this. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, you know, Cheyenne, you probably better put that cold down. And I just, I, I don't want to do that. Right. Like it was not a broken appendage. She w- she looked good. Aside from that gash on her neck, she was moving well. I even saw her nurse her mother like she was doing okay. And so I just was like hesitant. And Shane was like, well, no, I, I don't think we're going to do that. And as a side note, also, you guys, we ha- do have that task as animal owners and as their stewards to, you know, if something is not going to make it, it is in our best interest for them, not maybe us, because I've cried many tears over animals I've lost, as you know, um, it is in our best interest to do right by them. So um, if we felt that this filly was, you know, in danger, um, you know, poorly, wasn't going to make it, we never would have, you know, just let her go. But um, I told Shane, I looked at him and we went outside and kind of discussed it among ourselves. And, you know, Shane's grandfather was only saying what he felt was best. He dealt with a lot of things. And um, there's always those fluke things, right? In fact, I just read a story the other day of a colt that was born and it had a broken leg and they uh, fixed it. They casted it, which is usually never heard of with horses. I mean, that's a very tedious deal because horses are heavier animals and they're on those legs. But she's healed and fine. So the thing is, is that we decided amongst ourselves that we would just see what happened. So we were here for a week. And like I said, we watched her. She was nursing. She was doing well. Um, I was concerned about the flies. But to be honest with you, um, the flies actually kind of helped that, if I can say that. Like, there was no maggots. There was nothing like that. It was always very pink and clean. And I do intend to do a blog post on this. So you can look for that in the next... Well, it'll probably be up by the time you hear this, but it will be up. Um, I'll have pictures posted on there. Um, you know, and we did confer with a couple of our vet veterinarians that we have, and they basically agreed with us. Like, you just need to let nature take its course and kind of see how it's going to heal on its own. And so long story short, that is what we did. Um, I kept an eye on her. And I obviously when we were not here, I asked Shane's mom to kind of keep an eye on her. And reports were favorable, you know, like she never got infection. She was never poorly. She was, you know, growing right along with the other colts. She never bobbled a step. So that was August 1st when I found her and the next trip up was a couple of weeks later and I have progression pictures of how she healed and the reason I mentioned the mountain lions is we do feel that that's what that was because we had several other mares with scratch marks on them on their backs like not barbed wire scratches like up high. Um, We had another colt um, with a leg injury and another colt with scratches up high and so we felt like something must have happened. But you know, when you're not out there with them all the time, you never know, you know. So um, we basically just left her to um, heal on her own. And, you know, they had great grass, great water, you know, all that we put salt out for them, but we don't feed them grain or anything. They're, you know, animals that live out in the open horses. So Uh, When it came time for us to wean her, and I'll just tell you, it it healed amazingly. And so when we were selling colts in the fall, I never listed her because we always just felt like we would keep her as a broodmare because, you know, we don't want to sell a colt out there that isn't 100%. Even though she was 100%, there was always going to be that scar there. And as, as 
fate would have it, there was a gal from North Dakota who was looking for a filly um, when we weaned her and brought her back down to South Dakota with us. And she ended up coming down, purchasing her. And the funny thing is, is what do you think we named that filly? Any guesses? <laughs> we named her Cougar. And the name was just perfect. I mean, whatever it was, she, she prevailed. Like she came out like a rock star on top, you know, and that's such a prideful thing for me to say because we just love our horses so much. And to know that she was a fighter and that she was healthy and her mother's milk helped her and like all the grass she learned to eat and all those things. But she turned into one good looking little filly. And so she went to live in North Dakota. And this spring summer, um, I got a message from the gal who bought her. And unfortunately, um, she had gone out into the pasture and slipped or did something and hurt her hind hawk. So that would be her back knee, basically, if you don't know horse anatomy. So um, the, the hawks are extremely important for horses because they pivot a lot on their back end. So that is a very important appendage for a horse. And so the chances of her growing up and being a ranch horse were pretty slim to none. And a lot of times when you look at horses for sale, they will some of them that are not able to be ridden will say broodmare sound only. And what that means is they are only going to be a broodmare. Like they can't be ridden. Um, something happened to where they're just not sound enough to be ridden, but they can raise a baby. So um, this gal had asked me, you know, would you guys consider taking Cougar back? And gosh, we, we, I didn't even have to think. I was like, absolutely. I'll take her back. You know, I'm sorry that that happened. And you know, stuff happens when you have horses, things get injured, you know? And so we actually, um, got Cougar back. And the cool thing was, is when we picked her up, she had blossomed into this amazing beauty. And again, I'll post pictures on my blog and that's the native cowgirl.com. But I mean, even to this day, we were just out rolling hay out because as I mentioned, it's 20 below zero and she is the brightest spot I have in our entire mare herd. And when you have, well, I've got 36 mares out in that bunch. That says a lot. She'll be two this spring and she literally is the most beautiful bay. I mean, just dark, dark bay beautiful head, beautiful kind eye, and she just is gorgeous. And yes, her hawk, it's probably never going to be 100%. Um, my hopes is that she will be able to have babies and, you know, do all that thing. But she is just the sweetest. And the gal that had her did such a great job because she's so kind and she walks up and she wants to be petted. And this is out in the middle of a huge pasture. So she doesn't think you know, if she's not you know, snaky, like she thinks we're going to catch her or anything like that. And the great thing is, is with our breeding program, we don't, you know, want to be breeding anything like that. And we have yet to have anything like that, knock on wood. So the greatest thing is, is that she is back with us and I can't wait. Um, this will be the first year that she'll go out with a stud and she's only two. She probably won't even breed. You know, horses are, are interesting that way. You know, they're not going to do what their body's not going to allow. And so my hopes is that um, I will put her with uh, Scout, our Gypsy Vanner stud, and see what kind of a fancy baby we can get. So that is the story of Cougar, and it is definitely a story of redemption. And I guess my whole thought process is, is that sometimes we always try to do 
um, we try to intervene. Like we, and that's kind of like with God's timing too, right? Like we always are worrying and we're, we're trying to make things happen. And sometimes you just can't make things happen. It's kind of like the break that I took for all those months when I quit my podcast and I left social media for a while and stuff. And I just, I needed time. I needed time to just feel all those feelings, time to grieve, time to process everything, time to find my true north again. And I think that, you know, there's things in nature, stories from the past, history that we can read that will help to ground us more than anything that we could hope to find in this day and age. You know, like we're always looking for the instant gratification or the the quick fix. And truth be told, I think sometimes the best things aren't quick fixes. Like they're the things that just fix themselves, you know, like, and we all know that we're not here by ourselves, right? Like we know who the man up above is, has a hand in it all. But if we maybe tried to intervene a little bit less, and if we just tried to listen and be kind to others and slow down and unplug from so much electronic stuff and just truly learn from our elders, learn from the past, Uh, open ourselves up to new, you know, new situations through reading and comprehension and understanding and spending more quality time with our loved ones and just, you know, living and being happy with what we have. I think that that is my message today that we can't make anything happen. All we can do is just have faith and do all we can to the best of our ability every day and pray that things turn out well just like they did for Cougar. So with that, I'm going to leave you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed that story. And again, I'm going to try to get this up on my uh, blog ASAP, but ASAP to me, I am rolling out hay. We're feeding, we're breaking water twice or three times a day because it's so cold. It's supposed to get down to maybe 45 below zero with wind chill. I heard. So, um, yeah, we're going to be staying warm. So I should have some computer time. Hope to get that up and running. And hey, if you're listening to this and you're liking my podcast, can I ask a quick favor? Would you take a minute or two and rate and review my podcast for me? I don't normally like to ask for something like that, but I've been thinking about it and I'm like, you know something? I don't think I've done that on this before. So if you kindly would, I would sure appreciate that. And I'm super excited to introduce my guest for next week and to get the ball rolling with that. Um, I've got some amazing women lined up that I can't wait to introduce you to. Some you may know, some you may not. Um, But that's the fun thing about our community is that you always, you know, there's, well, I guess I should say you're always up for meeting new people, right? Right from the comfort of your phone or your computer or whatever. And here I'm telling you to limit social media, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Keep some time open for those good interactions. But for the scrolling and the mindless stuff, maybe cut that out if you can and open a book. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Native Cowgirl Podcast. Please take some time to rate and review this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. take some time to rate and review this podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.